Hey, I like that bumper music. My motor is my motor's officially running. Good news. Yep, thanks so much. I appreciate that. Welcome, uh, everybody, to the show. Uh, you know when someone walks up to you at a party uh, or in a social gathering somewhere and they say, do you remember my name? Do you remember my name? And then you look at them and, and you know, you, when I was a younger man, I would scramble around. I'd feel super uncomfortable because maybe I didn't remember their name. And I would try so hard to go through the the flip cards in my brain. I couldn't think of it. And and now I just, uh, now in my, you know, in my uh, older years, I, I look at them blankly and say, I, I haven't the foggiest idea. And so you're probably thinking the same right now when you hear my voice. I could say, do you know my voice? Do you know my voice? And then everybody, or maybe like one or two people, but but my mom's out of town, so probably not. All right. Uh, my name is Drew Wrigley, and uh, I'm guest hosting this afternoon for Rob Port uh, for the next hour. We've got a great show for you. I'm, I'm glad that you've tuned in, and I hope that you'll stay with us. Uh, throughout the hour, because the goal is not to hand this show off to Rob Port uh, when he gets back uh, as a diminished product. That's not the goal. And so we've got a couple of very interesting segments for you here today. We're going to look forward. Hopefully you'll want to participate in the show. We'd love to have you call in uh, at 293-9000, ask uh, questions of our guests uh, or of myself, uh, whatever you want to talk about. Uh, That's 293-9000. Or if you're out of the the immediate area, you can call us at 888-970-9329. That's 888-970-9329. 9329. So give us a call here. We're going to have a couple of guests, as I said. Uh, first up, uh, and appropriately now, since I'm no longer the lieutenant governor of the whole state of North Dakota, which was my honor to be for six years, I'm now, uh, I work with uh, our good friends at Sanford Health. And I've been there for about two months. And uh, so far, all I've accomplished is we've got a huge medical center that we're going to open. I kind of started, that was my, my project. Not exactly. We've all been watching that uh, come up out of the prairie here for the last years. We're really excited to have with us here today uh, Jeff Haas from Sanford. Jeff is the uh, – Jeff, what's your title again? I'm the it's executive long. director of the West Campus Planning, which means really my job is to oversee the entire project and coordinate the activities and assure yeah. our complete opening on time and on budget. That's I like everything about Sanford uh, except for the titles, and I don't, I don't think I like your title either. That's really long. I thought my title – I'm a senior issues management advisor. But your title's even longer than Well, that. let me simplify my title for you. Yeah, I'm the boss. You? You're the boss. All I'm right, boss. good. All right, tell me what to do as we go throughout this. We're going we're gonna to be talking with Jeff about uh, the Sanford Medical Center, which is exciting, both as an economic development uh, uh, additional engine for this area, but even more important than that, the enhancement of care available uh, to the good people of this region. So really excited to have Jeff uh, here with us. We're going to have a couple of segments with him. And then in the second part of the show, we're going to have my good friend uh, Craig Whitney on from the Fargo-Moorhead West Fargo uh, Chamber of Commerce. Talk about a bunch of interesting issues uh, for the area. Again, we'd love to have your calls, 293-9000. Uh, if you're out of the immediate area, then 888-970-9329. Well, Jeff, uh, welcome. We're glad that you're here. Thanks for taking some time. Uh, I we, Somewhere around here, we've got Nadine Aljets, too. Nadine's very shy. She does not want to be on the air, but she's going to take our pictures and put them up on the social media later. I'm not on the Facebook, though. I'm not on the Facebook. I'm only on the Twitter. Uh, you can also send us questions at Twitter, at Drew Wrigley. That's pretty creative, I know. At Drew, W-R-I-G-L-E-Y. At Drew Wrigley. Send us your questions on Twitter, and we can uh, get back to you. Jeff, uh, tell us about the new Sanford Medical Center. It's exciting. We've all been watching it pop up out of the prairie. It's a, it's a gargantuan uh, place, and I know that there's a lot of exciting things going to be happening there, and it's going to mean a lot for the region. Tell us a it's little actually, bit about it. Drew, it's actually an incredible project, and the project started probably seven or eight years ago. We bought the land in the late 90s, and so uh, we actually broke ground in 2012. The medical center itself is going to be a little under a million square feet, and the, the 
bulk of that is all dedicated toward the care of our patients and the offering of some advanced services and increasing in programmatic uh, uh, sorts of things for the benefit of our patients. Uh, just a couple of, of details about it. It's going to house, it'll have the capacity to house 284 patients on the day we open, and incidentally, opening day is going to be July 25th at 5 o'clock in the morning, 2017. No kidding. What if I get sick at 4 o'clock in the morning on that We're going to take care of you. Are you? We may take care of okay. you downtown, yeah. All right. So um, we're all prepared for that. We um, spent about four or five years planning for it, and on February 1st or that week, we actually assumed ownership of the building, took the keys on, and that week we executed on our plan. So we're no longer planning. Now we're in the execution mode which includes 1,100 classes for the staff that are going to be working out there. And we're in week five of the training, and we've trained 500 people so far. No kidding. And just the layout of the building and how to move in the building. You see, the interesting thing about this building is we're not going to do things the way we've always done them. The traditional model may not apply anymore because there are better ways of taking care of our patients. Things that we can take out of the traditional model that makes, it, makes patients stay more comfortable, it makes it more efficient, it makes access easier. So we've done everything we can do to try to avoid some of those things and eliminate some of the barriers that people may have experienced in the past using a traditional model. Interesting. Not to mention you and Nadine were talking before the show here about the food at the new medical center. <laughs> Yeah, actually, it's interesting because, you know, the, the food is a big thing, and, and we have been working on our menus and are changing our have menus. You? We've been changing our menus considerably. Matter of fact, what we're doing right now is we're adding a, a much greater uh, variety of foods that are plant-based because, you know, the whole, the whole kinds of things with diet and health are changing a little bit. And so it's important that we also mimic those same kinds of things. And so um, we actually have had uh, our chefs have had training in some of the uh, newer kinds of entrees that are coming out. Squash cakes for lunch. Uh, squash cakes? Squash People cakes. eat that? Absolutely fabulous. Yeah. It's like eating a squash hamburger. It's it's delicious. Is and that is that better than, I'm, I'm probably going to have a breakfast bar today for lunch. Is it, the, you think the squash should be better? We need to take you out to the place. Yeah, we yeah. got to go out there. Yeah. All right. So anyway. Well, that you know, is exciting though, but I know that that is actually, a, a, I'm making light of it, I guess, but it's an important part of the environment that you're talking about for patients and for their, uh, and for the people who are there to help care for them. You know, the whole thing about healthcare right now is not only treating you when you're sick, but it's also keeping you and preventing you from getting sick. And so that's part of the reason we're really looking at this. How do we, how do we create very, very tasteful food with the lower sodium content, lower fat content? Mm-hmm. Uh, how do we make sure that our meals are prepared so when you get them, they're hot, they're delivered hot, they're plated well? A lot more attention is being paid to those kinds of features, uh, even in this, the, this part of the building represents a smaller part of our building, obviously, but uh, it's important that our patients get their meals. It's important that they're nutritious yeah. and really contribute to a healthy lifestyle. It's, it's an incredible uh, building, as I mentioned. It's actually a beautiful building. You know, a lot of times a structure of that size, you go through and it's kind of can almost be an eyesore. But uh, it's actually a, a beautiful structure, and, and uh, it's going to create uh, quite the centerpiece of that whole new and incredibly fast-growing uh, part of this community. Um, tell us a little bit about, you know, one thing people talk about a lot, it's quite expensive, something like that. Uh, I mean, you're talking about almost a half a billion dollars, uh, to put up that facility and, and people, you know, there's so much discussion these days about the cost of healthcare. And then the, it, a logical question for folks is, you know, is my healthcare costs, are they going up so dramatically because they're building new hospitals all the time and they're now you're talking about a fancy chef and they're doing all this stuff. Can you tell us a little bit about, is it being built just because we got a fancier place? Why is why is why did Sanford make this investment in the healthcare uh, of this region of the country? That's a great question, and and it's probably easiest to answer by saying our current facilities downtown are almost a hundred years old, and any modifications or updates we've made to them, we've made to them on that older infrastructure, and it simply is that infrastructure downtown needs to be upgraded so we can move to the efficient level of care, employing the kinds of technology that 
minimize the length of stay you have in a hospital, that are, make it so we can provide minimal um, surgical interventions or, or ones that are less, incision size is smaller, mm -hmm. uh, operating room time is smaller, anesthesia time is less. All of those kinds of things require a different kind of infrastructure that we really need to do. To get into some of the most advanced medical technologies, the use of these hair-sized catheters to go up into arteries in your child's brain to relieve, to relieve a clot that's causing a stroke in a nine-day-old, which was just published in the Journal of uh, yeah. Pediatric uh, Neurosurgery, as well as carried by ABC News or some of the international uh, channels because of the first-time events. Um, and so a lot of that kind of stuff takes a much different infrastructure than we're capable of providing. And so while we're going to maintain all three of our campuses, the opening of the new campus allows us to advance our other campuses as well and bring the infrastructure up to date to allow us to do more um, um, higher technolo technological and, and more uh, outcome-producing kinds of things. Jeff, what you're describing then truly is a, a dramatic expansion of the footprint of, of right. Sanford Healthcare in this area, uh, and not just a replacement. And you know, downtown and the other places aren't going away. It's an enhancement of that. And, and you just got to some of the more technical aspects of it. How many rooms are there in the new hospital? We're going to open with a, a capacity to house 284 more patients. No kidding. Uh, and so that's an add of about 90 patients when you really think about it. And our community has grown at such an alarming rate. Over the past few years with West Fargo, Moorhead, Dilworth, and the surrounding communities in Fargo, it just has created a, a, an access issue. And that's one of the things we're trying to respond to. So, yeah. you, you were hinting before at sort of the, uh, the emergency type services. What kind of a, how many, how many folks can go into that emergency room? What size of a, a care facility do you have for, for the more emergency uh, care needs of this community? The emergency we currently have downtown right now is about 26 treatment rooms. The new emergency room will have 50. Uh, emergency uh, areas and these areas are specialized they're specialized we have one area that's specialized to the care of children with emergencies so that we're no longer taking care of children in a, an adult environment so okay. much and then an adult and then we have a special area that we're going to use for trauma and resuscitation trauma is a big thing in North Dakota and we have many people leaving the state because of advanced trauma needs and we're going to be able to provide you're that to stay future. right here absolutely yeah that's exciting well I can tell you the Wrigley family in the last week and a half has been to the ER at Sanford out in Bismarck twice Excellent care, and as a result, our son Patrick, his uh, arm is casted, and he's doing very well. And our daughter Harper survived the uh, the steak knife attack on herself when she was opening up a box for her birthday. So uh, excellent care, and uh, we'll get back and talk a little bit more about that. We're going to take a break. Uh, we're here with Mike Haas from Sanford Health here in uh, in the region. We're going to talk with Mike a little more on the other side of the break. Thanks for tuning in, we'll, and we'd love to hear your calls up ahead. Two nine three nine thousand. Hey folks, welcome back. Thanks for staying tuned uh, as we go through that break. I'm, I'm in studio with uh, Jeff Haas. Jeff, who I called Mike right before the break, but I was saying that because they're saying in my ear that your mic is hot or your mic is going out or something. Something was hot, something was going out, I'm not sure. Jeff Haas is here from Sanford Health. We've been talking about the new medical center, which is which is so exciting uh, uh, here, not just for the, you know, certainly not just for this immediate area, really the, the, the vast uh, geography surrounding it, it's going to become uh, uh, even more of a healthcare draw for the people of the uh, upper Midwest, North Dakota, South Dakota, Minnesota, uh, Northwest Iowa, you name it. And so we're excited about all that. And Jeff's been kind enough to share some time with us, tell us a little bit about the facility itself. And, and uh, Jeff, I don't know if I mentioned this to you before, but uh, in my next life, 
you know, we all spend time thinking about stuff like that, right? And in my next life, I am, I'm going to be a pediatrician. So oh, do I, perfect. Yeah. And so do, do you have an application for a next absolutely. life pediatrician? You absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, good. I need that. And I, I, which actually does get me into the question of uh, job opportunities at this new exciting uh, healthcare facility. Where can people go? Uh, what kind of jobs are available? And where can people go out? What's the resource they can access to see if maybe they would be a good fit with Sanford Health? That's a great question. Uh, opening this hospital means we're going to add about 442 full-time equivalent people to our staff. And that's to really staff the new hospital. That 442 FTEs or equivalents is really covers the vast majority of all jobs, everything from environmental services, the people who help us with, with uh, bringing people into the building and getting our room set up, carpenter shops, um, um, engineers, all that, all the way through nursing and doctors. And so we're really looking at all of our positions. We right now have been very successful. We have hired into a little over 300 of those 442 we have job fairs that occur out at the site, and during those job fairs, we oftentimes are being able to make offers either on the spot or very soon after that. And so if you are interested in applying for a job, you can do a couple of things. You can either come out to the spot and see our talent acquisition people that are located in the concourse level, or you can go to SanfordHealth.jobs and see what's available and make applications online. So That's great. Absolutely. It's That's working great. out really well. Well, one thing we know that they don't need an, an executive director of the West Campus Planning because that's what you are. That's exactly. Does that fit on your card? Uh, just barely. Just okay. barely. Executive director. I, I like that. That's your title. Well, hey, listen, uh, the services that are going to be available, some of the, the new and exciting services available <laughs> at this medical center, uh, as you mentioned before, it's not just bigger. It's actually better. It provides a, an elevated level of care that's not uh, known in this uh, area. People have had to fly over, I guess, on the way to other areas. That's a big convenience, money-saving, and uh, other uh, positive opportunity for folks. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, you know, that's what I was alluding to with that is the establishment of a Level 1 trauma center, and we are about ready to submit an application for that. Level 1 trauma center just basically means that you have an advanced uh, set of services that are available at any given time. You do research, you publish articles about trauma. Mm-hmm. It would put us in a position of being the only trauma center between here and the West Coast, basically, between wow. here and Denver, and then between here in Minneapolis. And so it serves a wide area. In a state like North Dakota, because of the programming that has to go into a level one trauma center, it's difficult for everybody to do it because you have to have the volume in order to be good at it. And that means because our state is, is, a, is a very large area that's not as densely populated as it would be in the Minneapolis area or something like that, you just can't have these right. centers all over. So we want to be able to offer that kind of care. We have an air transport service that will help with that. And then we also have the advanced skill sets of the neurosurgeons and the cardiac surgeons and the, all the different services we need in order to handle that. That's fantastic. That really is fantastic. I can tell you, as somebody who was, uh, when the folks uh, at Sanford came to talk to me about the possibility of joining the team at Sanford, one of the things that uh, initially uh, made me interested in coming to work with this uh, great organization was the fact that I see it as a, a mission-based healthcare provider, mm-hmm. really focused on that mission. And you're talking about a resource really that goes beyond just the uh, the doors of the facilities with the blue lights uh, on yeah. top. It's really it becomes an asset for all people in healthcare and all people in need of healthcare in this region. I think that's fair to say. And I, I mean, I felt that way before I started uh, with Sanford, and I've been proud to, to by the association. So, thanks for uh, pointing all all of that out. Um, one of the questions I think that's come up a little bit is, uh, you know, when you change schools or something, there's always uh, some little hiccups with, oh, my gosh, what building am I going to go to? Where am I going to go? For the folks who are currently uh, patients or who come to Sanford for care or who want to uh, up ahead, 
Is this going to be a seamless transition for them into this new building? Is it going to be, it's kind of a big, uh, uh, big facility. It almost looks intimidating. Should they, how should they proceed? As we get closer to the date, our entire marketing department is working on a, a campaign that allows folks to understand how are we going to be built? Where are we going to be located? What services are going to be located at what center? And so I'm hoping very much that this becomes a seamless situation for our patients. But and again, what we're also looking at is a more sophisticated way of providing our patients with enough information before they get there. So when they get to the hospital, getting around the hospital, getting between the hospitals will be much easier to do. Well, I think that's great. And people make that first visit uh, when they go over there and they're going to see that that's really the case. If you have any questions real quick before we have to take a quick break here, with our friend Jeff Haas from Sanford, please give us a call at 293-9000. Uh, also, you can contact me on Twitter at Drew Wrigley, at Drew Wrigley, or 293-9000. And uh, we'd love to take your calls before we uh, have to get to the break. And then we're going to switch over to our next segment. We're going to have uh, Craig Whitney from the Fargo-Moorhead West Fargo Chamber. So uh, you're excited about this, and we are too. I, I again want to thank you for the uh, for the time that you've given us here today, uh, Jeff. And... Um, if people want to find out a little more information, not just about jobs, but other things about uh, is about the facility itself and what it's what it's providing up ahead, is there a website where they can go for that? Where they just want to get if they got questions they think of after we're off the air here today? Absolutely, they can go to SanfordHealth.org and uh, there's a uh, there information. So there shouldn't be any issues with that. I think we can provide yeah. information if folks have any any questions that they want. They can. They can certainly, um, during during the our, our time when we're nearing an opening, we're going to have community events. They can come over and take a peek. The, the community can certainly come in. We really want them to look at our hospital and be familiar with it before oh, is that we right? open. Yeah. There's tours they can get in there. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of information coming out about that, but we will have an opportunity for the community to come visit us okay. and uh, look at the institution. All right, very interesting. Last question I have for, for Jeff Haas from Sanford here is this. It's a big building. There's a lot of new infrastructure there. You've talked about the elevation and care for this uh, for this region of the country. Is this the end then? They're not going to have to build on it anymore? Are they equipped? Are they going to have to build a brand new hospital 50 years from now? Or is it built to actually adjust as we continue? There's word in the paper today we're going to be, our population is going to be skyrocketing here in the decades ahead. Is Sanford going to be equipped for that? And are we built for the future? We have spent thousands of hours planning this new medical center, understanding that this is a once every hundred year type of thing. Everything from our infrastructure to the size to our ability to expand and react to growing populations uh, is already built into the plan. So our need to expand in the future won't necessarily immediately require extra buildings because we have shelled space in the building that's going to allow us to add services and add beds as our population and demand grows. Very good. Jeff Haas from Sanford Health. Nadine Aljets sitting here instructing us along the way. Also from Sanford Health, thank you very much for coming in, talking today about the exciting new medical center and the level of care uh, being escalated and all things exciting for healthcare here in the region uh, and in these states up ahead. Jeff, thanks so much. We'll see you down the road. Thank you. Cause we get around. Hey folks, welcome back. Welcome back to the show. This is Drew Wrigley. I am uh, sitting in for Rob Port, who has taken a couple of days off, and I'm glad to be doing it. We had uh, a, a fun segment here uh, earlier in the show. We had the good folks on from Sanford Health, uh, my employers actually, and uh, glad to have them on talking about the new medical center. And now we've got with us 
My friend, my pal, Craig Whitney. Craig is the president of the Fargo-Moorhead West Fargo Chamber of Commerce. Craig, how are you? Drew, great. How are you? Thanks for having me on. Doing fine. I'm, I'm glad that you're on with us. You are, uh, I bet you're, where are you in Hawaii? Are you in Guatemala? Where are you? How about uh, right here at home? <laughs> <laughs> you're right here at home. Well, that, there's, no, there's no place like home. We're glad to have That's you on. That's great. Thanks for, uh, thanks for being on here. Craig, I, I have to start off, by the, by the way. Uh, now, I know you didn't grow up in Fargo-Moorhead. And you've got one of the most interesting backgrounds. Uh, and and I, I think about it from time to time. We've had some conversations over the years. Um, uh, you worked in the, and this is why we were on, and, and, and we're not going to go into this a lot, but I, I wonder if folks know, how many folks know, that you worked in the, uh, the first uh, George H.W. Bush administration in Washington, D.C.? That's correct. I did. I was uh, feel very proud to have uh, not only served him uh, in the beginning when he was still vice president, but then in the White House, I worked all four years for Vice President Quayle, and and it was a great honor to serve uh, both uh, uh, Vice President Bush, then President Bush, and Vice President Quayle, and to serve the nation, and and so it was a it was really a great opportunity, and I treasure it. Uh, will always treasure it. Well, that is a great opportunity, and, and uh, well, we're lucky to have you here in the Fargo-Moorhead, West Fargo area. We're really glad you've been, uh, how long have you been the president of the chamber now, Craig? Well, actually, we've been here seven years uh, in February, so just a little over okay. seven years, and uh, we've accomplished a lot and continue to ex- continue to uh, want to con- even grow and accomplish more. Well, you sure have. I, I just, uh, I do want to start by complimenting you on the great job that you've done and, and the great team that you've assembled over there. I've enjoyed very much working with the folks uh, that have been part of your team uh, over the years. And so uh, keep up the great work. And, and that sounds like the end of an interview, but that's actually just the beginning. I just didn't want to, I just didn't want to go off the air without thanking you for all that. You and your, your well, crew. I appreciate and, that. And, and it's a great and chamber. Drew, you're absolutely correct. What a great team we have here at the chamber. Yep. No question about it. Well, uh, the, the folks that you represent in that chamber uh, comprise the area that is one of the key uh, economic engines for the state of North Dakota. There's no question about that. And, and you've all been very, very engaged over the years on important public policy matters, uh, things going on out in Bismarck uh, during the sessions in between, uh, things that impact uh, not just uh, the business climate in North Dakota, but quality of life, things that matter to the folks uh, of our state. And so I uh, really want to thank you for that. I know you've been following the news, Craig, and we're in the middle of a session now and and uh, just yesterday, news came out that uh, the revenues uh, continue to drop off. It's uh, pretty well attributable to the uh, drop in commodity prices, uh, both in the energy sector and in the agriculture sector. And it's having a pretty dramatic uh, impact, uh, ripple effect and impact uh, on revenues for our government. Although at the same time, our economy remains uh, robust and the underpinnings are quite strong up ahead. I think we'd agree on that. Tell me a little bit, tell the listeners a little bit, what uh, what the, the Fargo-Moore and West Fargo Chamber's working on uh, during this session. What issues do you have on the, uh, on the, on the, in the focus and what are, you, what are you working on? Sure. Well, Drew, we, you know, we have been involved uh, in this session in quite a few issues. The difference between us and the state chamber, as you know, is the state chamber has one single mission, and that's public policy. So they tend to get in involved in many, many more uh, bills and issues and areas than we do. Uh, but uh, what we try to do is focus on, as you just said, focus on the issues that have the most effect on our members, either in a positive way or a, a negative way. So this year, I'd say that we've been focused on really three major issues. 
uh, not that we haven't been involved in others, but higher education. And you mentioned the budget numbers that came out yesterday and, and the condition that the state's uh, economy is in. Uh, we're very concerned about higher education because higher education is the future and of the growth of this uh, great state and the region, for that matter. And uh, so we've been paying attention to uh, a lot of those bills. I just came from a meeting. It's very troubling. Uh, we think the cuts are that the legislature are contemplating for uh, higher education are way too steep, way too high. We understand the challenges that they have, but we're going to continue to work with them so that they understand the importance of of all of our universities, but especially uh, NDSCS uh, in this area and, of course, NDSU. The other area that we're uh, focusing on, and it's a, it's a bill that uh, hasn't gone anywhere to date, and, and because it has a um, economic impact on it. I'm not sure where it's going to go, but it's a, a bill dealing with base retention. Um, a lot of folks don't understand the importance and the, and the real presence that the uh, Air National Guard here has uh, at Hector and the missions that they are involved uh, because they're very classified, but they're missions that serve and protect the nation and, and uh, the world for that matter. And so it's a bill that would uh, allow us uh, some additional funds as we continue to what it becomes more apparent every day, deal with the next round of base closures that the Trump administration has signaled that they will have. So what we want to do is do all the work we can do to support the happy hooligans. So we're following that very closely. We've also been following the Renaissance bills and trying to make the case in Bismarck that, you know, what the Renaissance uh, uh, zones have done for downtown Fargo is just amazing. And, and you know, as you said, I've, I've only been here seven years, but I've been told, you know, the progress that's been made over the last 10, 12 years in downtown Fargo, and that wouldn't have happened. And I think a lot of people don't understand it wouldn't have happened without the Renaissance zones. So those are a couple, uh, two or three of the bills and, and issues that we are most concerned with right now. Well, you talk about a, a lot of important issues there, and the first one off the, the list for you was higher education. I think a lot of people across the state feel that way. It's not always a, just a question of, of how many dollars are going to be pumped into it, but what's going to be the vision for higher ed? And I've been impressed, frankly, by the, 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 the groups that come in and want to uh, have a say on higher ed, that they always seem to be looking to the horizon, not just simply about, well, I, I need you know, 18 more dollars for this. It's, it's always about, you know, what is the long-term vision? It's a workforce issue, obviously, for the state, but also uh, the development of the people who are going to uh, uh, plant their roots here, uh, maintain, uh, because it's got such a great quality of life and professional opportunity up ahead, but they've got long-term vision, and we need that in higher education as well, don't we? That's right, and student, you know, students and parents need to know that we will continue to have a strong educational system. That is what has drawn students to uh, the two universities that I mentioned, and and uh, they need to know that, or we will start to lose students, and this whole thing will start parlaying down, and it'll take, you know, probably a decade to fix. So we're going to continue to make the case. I think what's important is higher education and the business community. We understand that they're going to take some cuts. They're they're not saying they don't want to take any cuts at all. What we're saying is these are too steep. These will have too much of a negative effect on NDSU and NDSCS. And so we're going to keep working on it. We're going to keep fighting it. We don't necessarily have the answers. We hope that our leaders in in both the House and the Senate have, as we believe they do, that they have a plan on how we're going to get through these uh, budget rough times, and we're going to keep working with them. That's great. Craig, we're going to keep you on here if we can. We've got a segment on the other side of the break. Ask any callers who have a question for Craig Whitney, the president of the FM 
uh, West Fargo Chamber. Call in at 293-9000, or you can send me a note on at Drew Wrigley on Twitter, and uh, we'll get your questions to Craig. And, Craig, if you could stay with us, it'd be great. We've got a few more questions for you. See you after the break. Welcome back, everybody. I am sorely tempted to join in singing with that bumper music. It's really good. But if I do sing, uh, nothing good is going to come of it. I just know that. So there'll be no singing on the air today, but uh, maybe maybe another time. Uh, we've got, uh, thanks for uh, rejoining us here after the break. We've got one last segment left. My name is Drew Wrigley, and I'm sitting in for the uh, uh, vacationing Rob Port. And I've got on the air with us today, Craig Whitney. You all know him. He's the chamber president here for the Fargo-Moore West Fargo Chamber. And uh, Craig and I have been talking a little bit about issues going on in the legislative session uh, here in North Dakota and uh, things that are on the horizon uh, up ahead. Craig, I've been impressed. Uh, and I, I mentioned your political background at the beginning because you're a, you're a pro and you understand that these are, uh, you, you got to prioritize. Now, I know the federal government doesn't need to prioritize. They just print more money and that's the way that's been going for the last 60 years. But here in North Dakota, we've got to have a balanced budget. And I've always been impressed, Craig. You, you, you always have had a sense that, that it's a prioritization process. And within that, you try to make the best case you can for, for matters uh, that impact uh, uh, the, the state and the region. So I want to thank you and your crew and also the business leaders and the people that you and, and education leaders and the others that you've brought over to Bismarck in the three sessions that I was out there as the lieutenant governor. And, and I know you've done that again this year. I just want to compliment you on that. That's the right approach. We've got a citizen legislature, and they need to hear from people who uh, – who are directly impacted by the decisions they're making. Absolutely, uh, Drew. And, and just quickly, one of the issues that I, I left out, we, because a lot of people, and I will, and I'll make sure people understand this, we don't, do not have the diversion completely taken care of. And there has been a couple bills that we didn't expect to come up this session. So one of the other issues, because clearly one of our um, – priorities is the diversion. But you mentioned uh, the pe- bringing the people out there. You know, we, we have done that. I think this year was our fourth chamber day at the Capitol. We did it last month, and it was our biggest one, which is encouraging, because I think people are understanding the importance of going out to Bismarck during the session, meeting with legislators, understanding the process. And we had about 100 people there this year, I think. Two buses, and uh, and our leadership class went, and it was a great learning opportunity for them. And we had a great day. We had an opportunity to attend committee meetings in the morning, have lunch with legislators, go onto the floor and sit with uh, various legislators. And then we, in the afternoon, had the opportunity to hear from the House uh, majority and minority leaders, uh, same in the Senate side. We had a great uh, 45 minutes or so with uh, Governor Burgum, um, a few other speakers, and then we had the opportunity that night before people returned to Fargo to uh, host a uh, reception for all legislators, not just Cass County legislators, yeah. but legislators from across the uh, state, and we had a great attendance. That's fantastic. That's the way to do that and build those uh, relationships and the communication and uh uh, that sounds like quite a quite a quite a positive participation that you had there. Appreciate that you do it. I one thing that we didn't mention on the other side of the break with the um, with the higher ed stuff. I've I know a lot of folks have taken notice of the uh, the of the high tech community, the startup community uh, that has really blossomed here in uh, in uh, in this area in the last couple of years. I uh, I just marvel at it. it's a lot of fun. I I, I recently had dinner with uh, Senator Hoven and uh, we were talking about uh, that very thing. He likes to talk publicly about. Uh, technology being the 
the the uh, third wave of North Dakota's economy, the third, I, I would think pillar would work better, but uh, it talks about being the third big wave uh, for our economy in the state. I think that's true. There's a real strong tie in there with higher education, not just the the, the uh, R&D aspects of what's going on, but the, the potential uh, new folks to come in and do exciting things in technology. Absolutely no question about that. And what in this region, as you mentioned, is, is just a hotbed of those things, both uh, high-tech uh, tech, uh, startups, uh, the Million Cups, you know, the uh, movement with that. But we're very happy that we've had uh, – this will be our seventh year that we – uh, co-host with Senator Hove in a state, what we call the State of Technology in August, and it's an opportunity for us to highlight uh, new new tech businesses, new new technology, and it's it's just continued to grow every year, and it's a it's an very important part of our economy, and it's an important part of the future, both for our state and and obviously for the entire country. So I couldn't agree with you more. That's going to be in, uh, you said that's going to be in August this year coming up? That's again? in August. We don't have a date for it yet, yeah. but uh, it's a great half-day opportunity. Uh, we have a number of presenters. Last year we were very fortunate to have the brand-new CEO of, of Microsoft Corporate and uh, just a great presenter, and people really enjoyed it. And so we're still working on the agenda this year, but uh, each year it's improved, and, and I'm certain it's going to be a, a great opportunity for folks. Oh, that's fun. I, I, uh, I have to say you guys do such a great job of the chamber of bringing on exciting new things you got your eggs and issues uh, breakfasts uh, with speakers and uh craig i don't remember who was the first speaker at the very first eggs and issues that you had who was the first one who, who well you know i think it that was off. a guy that was lieutenant governor and, was he? I, and i have to tell you it was one of the biggest crowds <laughs> we've had uh, since then yeah so everybody showed up out of curiosity and then the speech that i gave they never came back no that's still thriving you guys are doing a great job it's fantastic. We're very fortunate. It's a great event for people to come and hear every month about timely issues going on in the communities. Where can they check out what the next Eggs and Issues is going to be? Because those are great, and you have great speakers. Where, where can they check that out, Craig? Well, they can check it out on our website at uh, fmwfchamber.com. I can tell you very quickly, it's on the Bakken. It's an update on the Bakken, and Kathy Nessett and uh, Rob Lindbergh are the speakers, and we're really looking forward to that. That's going to be fantastic. Well, keep up the great I By the way, that the speaker you had recently at the Voices of Vision, uh, the Navy SEAL. Robert O'Neill, Robert he was O'Neil. the leader of uh, SEAL, SEAL Team 6 that took out Osama bin Laden. Absolutely phenomenal speech. It was, uh, it was mesmerizing. I loved everything about it. I loved everything about being in the room and, and just uh, being part of that crowd and watching. I can't imagine what a thrill it was for him, by the way, to have lunch with the lieutenant governor, but I'm sure he's out there talking about it somewhere. How about the, how about the president of the chamber? And the president of the chamber. Boy, we were lucky to be able to have lunch with him that day, but then to listen to that speech. It was great. And you guys have done a terrific job with that. And people really need to, to key into this and get a sense of whether they want to participate in the future because those are good opportunities. You've had terrific people in the past. I know you will up again in the future. So check out the uh, – they can check you out on Twitter, Craig, too. I mentioned – I'm at, at Drew Wrigley. Your uh, Twitter uh, – you are at FMWFPrez, P-R-E-Z. At I'm, FMW- glad you, I'm glad you knew that because I'm yep. not sure I could have told you, Drew. Yep. I'm going to uh, – I'm going to retweet everything you send out uh, – in the future, everything you send out, I'm going to put it, put the word out. And people should, uh, like I say, uh, key on there, see if there's some issues they want to get involved in and, and be involved in the Fargo-Moorhead West Fargo Chamber under the great leadership of our friend uh, Craig Whitney and the outstanding team uh, of uh, professionals that uh, work in there to, uh, to improve uh, quality of life and the business climate and everything else in this region. Craig, thanks for all your great work uh, to you and your team, and uh, we'll see you down the road. Thank you, Drew. Thanks for having me.
Folks, that was Craig Whitney from the Fargo-Moorhead West Fargo uh, Chamber of Commerce. Really appreciate uh, having Craig on uh, today to talk about some important issues. And before that, we had the folks from Sanford Health talking about the exciting new medical center and what that means for health care uh, in this uh, state, these states, and in this region. Pretty exciting up ahead. I appreciate you uh, staying tuned in today, even though Rob wasn't on board. Uh, again, this was Drew Wrigley. I will uh, track this down the road. Thanks much. Have a great weekend, everybody. Bye for now.